Did he get it? Yes, so he did! Touchdown, Detroit Lions! You're listening to The One Podcast. Hello and welcome to another edition of The One Pridecast. I'm your host, Tori Petri, alongside Lions legend Lomas Brown. Hello, Lomas. Hey, how are you, Tori? I'm hanging in there. These short weeks will get to you, <laughs> and especially one after a game like that. <laughs> yes, it will. And yeah, Monday night game. So you're right. Everything wrapped up a little later. But yes, it was. You know what? I'm going to say this. That was an old black and blue game. It really was. This division has come back to when I was, when it was the central. So it's starting to become this old because that was a back and forth game. It was an old black and blue game. It kind of reminded me of. I like it. I like it. Well, I'm sure there's not a lot of Lions fans saying they like anything about that game. It was a tough one for sure. And we will get into that. But as we do with our uh, road game, podcasts oh give me your road chronicles from green bay or appleton (laughs) well we got into appleton um actually we ate at lombardi's inside the hotel yes very good very good restaurant that was and the next day got up because it was a monday night game and we had all day to kill got up and walked down to a nice little cafe that which was about two blocks from the hotel and had a breakfast sandwich and you know some tea you know and just took in the sights yeah just kind of hung out with a couple of the green bay fans which i have to say tory probably the best fans in the NFL. They're just so nice. Green Bay Packers Second fans. Second to Lions fans. Uh, of course. I mean, wait. That's me slapping myself because I had to go back. <laughs> You're right, second to Lion fans. But they, they are so nice. They treat you real well. I guess they because they know they got a good team, so you know they don't mind treating you well. Well, it was a very nice fall day in yes. Appleton, which is where teams typically stay. A uh, little town, a little bit of a ways away from Green Bay. And um, it was chilly, but it was yes. nice out. I personally got in uh, kind of late on Sunday night, and then I went to a coffee shop that a friend Uh-oh. of mine who used to work for a TV station in Green Bay, she took me to a couple years ago when we were in Green Bay, and uh, we went and got myself a nice little latte, okay. sat there and did some work on my computer, enjoyed uh, just some little peace and quiet in a coffee shop. I love that little atmosphere, <laughs> so I enjoyed my Monday morning uh, leading up to the game. But I actually did not make the trip to Green Bay last year. I don't know if you remember this because I was so sick. Yeah, I was very sick uh, before that game for Green Bay. Got sent home, didn't get to make that trip, was so bummed. It was, you know, week 17. So this is the first time I've been to Green Bay in two two years because I didn't go last year. So uh, we've talked about this on the podcast before, how we don't eat cheese. And um, I will say this about Green Bay. The Green Bay press box or probably you could replace that with just Wisconsin in general, Mm -hmm. is the worst place for someone who does not eat cheese. Yeah. (laughs) I really struggled because the highlight of the press box food in Green Bay is the cheese curds at halftime. And I used to love those cheese curds. It was something we looked forward to every year. And this was the first time I had to say no to cheese curds because I gave up cheese about a year and a half ago. Didn't go to Green Bay last year. So I had to say no to those press wow. box cheese curds. Was it hard? And that was hard. Usually yeah. I'm, I'm cool with it. I don't mind I don't mind missing cheese at all. But right. missing the cheese curds was a little bit of a struggle for me, plus the fact that there were no other options. So thanks, Wisconsin. Yeah, that's true. I didn't think about that. Other than the brats, which 
switched their nose. I did. Yeah, I did have a brat, yeah. but you know, yeah, the brats were pretty good. Their brats taste different from our brats. I don't know what they do to them over there, but it was pretty good. Well, I just had to put that gripe out there because was there was a lot good. of things that went wrong in that Monday night football <laughs> game. But for me, the lack of cheeseless food was one of them. <laughs> that's pretty good. I didn't expect that to come out. That was kind of unexpected. So, so that's but my that Green Bay experience. Good. That's yeah. my Road Chronicles is the lack of ability to find food that didn't have cheese in it. So I guess that's what I get oh, for going to that's, Wisconsin. That's pretty good, which is known for their dairy. Exactly, right. and which I'm sure is lovely. It just isn't for me. <laughs> and uh, the press box did not have a lot of options. But great people in yeah, Green Bay. They I'm, are. You know, just had to just had to put a gripe out there. No, Since I know a lot right. of people have some gripes about the Green Bay game, That that's mine. Yes, it's a lot of gripes <laughs> you're right about the Green Bay I'm just game. keeping it light, guys. I mean, you know, we all uh, have, yes. have uh, struggled to recover from that one in Green Bay. I know you fans are definitely among those who are struggling with that. Uh, fans really across the NFL are struggling with kind of how the, the game uh, turned out there, but Lions fans especially. So let's dive in to this game because there's way too much to talk about. Lomas, what is your takeaway from this game in Green Bay? And I'm certainly I'm happy that you put that disclaimer in there that nationally people probably are a little upset or have gripes about that game. But, you know, if you look through some of the things that were obvious that happened out there that weren't in the Lions' control, what they could control – we didn't do a good enough job of, which was scoring. Yep. When we got the opportunity tour, you get two opportunities inside the 10-yard line. You got to come away with seven points. And we then, we just came away with field goals. And that, you know, against an Aaron Rodgers-led team at home, Monday night TV, if you don't put up those points, it comes back to bite you. And I know it was – Things that happened in the game, like I say, the Lions couldn't control, but that was something that they could control, and we didn't take advantage of, and we've been talking about it pretty much most of the year. That's such a good point. That is, you can only control what you can control, and there were certainly elements to this game that the Lions had full control over that they let slip away, and for me, of course, those red zone opportunities, I talk about it every week. Uh, the yes. red zone opportunities is something that, you know, there are certain teams you can't do that against. Kansas City, one of them. Uh, Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers, you can't do that against Aaron Rodgers. There was never a point in that game where it felt like the Lions had put Green Bay away, Great even with point. the hot start that they had. Yes. I mean, how fun was the start oh, of that game? Man, to see Matthew air it out like I'm that? I'm telling you, I love Coach Bevel. I do, man, <laughs> because he's so unpredictable. And that's what you hey, want in your first OC. first play of the game, flea flicker. And when have we seen that? When <laughs> I, I can't remember. I started to think back. I don't know if I could ever remember seeing that out of the lines, like the first play of a game, something uh, like that. Flea flicker that goes for a casual 66 <laughs> yards. <laughs> like, I love seeing plays like that. I love seeing yes. Stafford throw it deep. It's what he's best at. Yes. And it's just electric to watch. And then, you know, you have the play on the next drive with Marvin Hall's deep pass or deep catch. And, you know, the offense starting hot was really fun to watch. But then you're up 13 to 0, and it feels like you're just dominating the game, but you're up less than two touchdowns. Right. And that is an 
very narrow window for Aaron Rodgers. Absolutely, Tori, and and love, love Matt Prater. Love him. Oh, he's automatic. Love him. I mean, 250 yarders in the game, love him. Five for five. But, again, you have to convert because if you think about it, if those two three-pointers that he did, those six points – we're 14 points, and we're talking about something totally different. And a lot of times it's when you score those points where you could work on the psyche of a team, you know, that instead of six points, two field goals, 14 points, uh, two touchdowns, it works on your psyche too. So that's the other thing because it makes the team feel like anytime they get in there that they can score, but it makes the opposing team feel like that they're – defenseless against stopping you from scoring. So just not only points-wise, but psychologically, I think the field goals versus touchdowns, it just does a lot for your team. Poor Matt Prater because he is so automatic and so good at what he does. And here we are being like, less Matt Prater (laughs) field goals. But, you know, you want them in the right context. And maybe from, you know, 54 yards out is the context that you want a Matt Prater field goal, but not when you're, you know – 10 yards out from the end zone. That's, right, right. That's when it gets a little bit tougher to swallow. And props to him. He, you know, he gets up there to kick and you don't even question it. You're like, okay, three points on the board. I can almost write my tweet out. Exactly. Knock Tori. on wood. I'm not trying to jinx Prater or anything. But, you know, he, he is just like so automatic. Uh, but the inability to make things happen in the red zone is certainly a weakness. Now, there's one big thing that we haven't talked about yet is – the penalty on the 12 men on the field. That yes. was a huge swing in this game. Yes. Oh, that was so big. It was it was huge. You're exactly right. I mean, I, what a simple mistake yes. to make that cost you so much. You lose the game by one point, and that would have been a difference because that uh, series ended up turning into a touchdown for exactly, the Packers. Exactly, exactly. If they would have just kicked the field goal there, you just put the, you know, amount of men that are supposed to be on the field on the field and they kick the field goal okay they get three points but they ended up getting four more than that because they went and scored a touchdown after they they got their fresh set of downs and that for me was one of the most costly mistakes in this game it, it was the two things it was not being able to do more than kick field goals mm-hmm. and it was the uh, foolish penalty of and, 12 men on the field. And I actually forgot about that until you brought that up. And you're right. You just refreshed me with just how major that penalty was because you're right. They were kicking the field goal. And control like, what you can absolutely, control. Absolutely. You're exactly and And when you have penalties like that, those are more mental errors. Now, you don't know who the mental error was on, but you just don't expect professional athletes in that situation to have things like that. And you're right, it was just a big blunder right there. And I I forgot how crucial that was until you reminded me about that. No, I'm not saying it would have guaranteed a win because, you know, Aaron Rodgers still had the ball there at the the final, you know, end of the game there. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. And they did (laughs) kick the walk-off field goal, uh, but by design because they ran out the clock. Uh, so, you know, who knows how that game would have turned out. But I'm just saying that is a situation where, you know. And, and, and one other play that we have to look at, too, if our big guy, if he could have just brought it down, TJ. Yeah, the drop I mean, in the end zone. I mean, if he, he had it, Tori, if he could have just brought those. it down. That, I mean, you, it's, it's, and that's why I say we know the national circumstances that went on with the game and what we couldn't control. But like you said, the things that we could control, 
we just didn't. Yeah. Well, we talked last week on the podcast about what it would mean if the Lions won this game and how they'd, you know, rocket themselves into the national conversation. People would start taking them seriously. They'd only have one loss. They would have beat the Packers. You know, it was their first division game. There were a lot of things weighing on this, but the Lions lose this game. So let's address the question. How should we view the Lions now that they've lost against the Packers? Uh, Again, I I think a team that won, you know, is going to play hard. A team that we still got to learn how to finish games, Tori. We just That's got the to finish. That's the biggest thing for me. That's it. We I got did Tori's finish. take this afternoon. Yep. It's our live show. Uh, we kind of did things out of order this week because of the short week, but I did it this afternoon, and that was my whole show was – the Lions have to figure out how to finish games. Yeah, and that's what I asked Coach after the game. You know, how can they finish these games? Especially, like you say, when you have leads. Now, a lot of times we have been playing from behind and having to catch up, but when you come into the game and you have a lead, how do you sustain that? How do you keep your foot on the proverbial throat of those guys and keep grinding it out and that's what the team has to learn how to do and how do you stop killing yourself and shooting yourself in the foot in critical situations because Tory five first five or six first downs they got through penalties I mean through and and again some of them yeah you couldn't control, but some of them we could control sure. and gave them first downs off of that you just can't do that. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a frustrating place to be in because this team has talent. And they're hanging in there with the best teams in the league. Chiefs, arguably one of the best in the AFC. Packers, right now, arguably one of the best in the NFC. Those are your only two losses. Your only two losses are to two of the better teams in the league right now. Two teams that are definitely in the postseason conversation. But you also had opportunities to beat those two teams and you weren't able to capitalize on them. So, you know, it's like this catch of, hey, you know, you you played hard against these two really good teams, but you also played really hard and had opportunities to win and you didn't. So it's a tough place to be in right now. It's still a long season ahead. You know, they are certainly nowhere near finished with their year. Still 11 games left to play. Uh, so they a lot can happen between now and then, and a lot can happen with other teams as well. You know, we've seen seasons where players get injured down the stretch, and right. that changes a whole team's you know outlook. And so you just you can't predict it at this point no. in the year. But certainly the Lions have got to start figuring out how to come out on top of those games. Matt Patricia said it in his press conference today. He said we are learning how to fight with really good teams but we got to figure out how to win against really good teams. And this is the execution. It's, it's really, it's, it just comes down to execution. That's what it is with the Lions. When you get inside the 20-yard line or the 10-yard line, we know that the field condenses down. So we know the advantage goes to the defense once you get that close to the goal line. So you have, you have to know even more that you have to execute these plays. A running back, I'm sorry, a, a wide receiver has to make the precise cut at the precise yardage. The fullback, the running back have to pick up their blocks. The linemen have to slide, protect, or do what they have to do to keep the quarterback clean. All this has to take place while you're in the red zone where you're in the spot where you need to score points at. So 
I think execution, if they keep working on that part of the game, the scoring part of the game, once we get inside there and things get condensed, if we could execute at the highest level, then I think that'll start the trend to us playing better and starting to finish games. But we just have to finish games, Tori. All right. Well, we have uh, harped on the things that needed to be improved, yes. which is fair. But let's talk about what was good in that game against the Packers. What's good that we've seen from this team? What does impress you about them as we walk away from Monday Night Football? I mean, again, Coach Belville and the way the offense moves up and down the field, the way he's turning Matthew loose to do what he has to do. It, we still need their running game. That's the the probably the, the alarming part of the offense is trying to get the running game going. But I like if we could get the running game going. I like what we're doing in the passing game. I do think our receivers are top five. I think we have top five receiver a receiving crew um, with the guys that we have. So it's just getting the ball to these guys. So I like what we're doing on the offensive side of the ball other than putting the ball in the end zone. So I'm encouraged by that. And to me, the defense is getting better. Like you said, Tori, you brought up some of the toughest offenses not along with quarterbacks and teams in this league that we play toe-to-toe with. So I know that the defense is going to get to the point where we thought it would be at at the beginning of the season. So that's a work in progress. But they're getting there on the defensive side of the ball. And, of course, special teams, we just talked about Matt Prater. So him and Sam, they've been doing a great job this year. So to me, the team has is just the execution of what we're going through right now. I'm curious about the defense. Why do you think we haven't seen them be quite the dominant, incredible defensive line that we were expecting coming into this year. I mean, I think that the secondary has been very impressive. Justin Coleman's probably been their most valuable free agent signee. Uh, But the defensive line we haven't quite seen as much from as we expected. Of course, Mike Daniels was not playing in this game, uh, so that's one player that you do have out. Deshaun Hand isn't back yet, but what are your impressions of that? So, Tori, last year, I think People didn't really expect the D-line to be as good as it was, especially once we got snacks and everything, and everything transformed. People have had all season to study our D-line and know the talent that they mm. have along that D-line. So now it's not a surprise. Now they come into the game, and I'm quite sure as an offensive coordinator, the first thing I say to my offense is, we have to keep our quarterback standing upright because they get tremendous pressure with their defensive fronts. So that's the first thing I'm taking the hold to with our defense is the defensive front. So it's being paid a lot more attention to those guys up front because I've been watching them. Some We got a better D-line, supposed to have a better D-line than we had last year. But, again, everybody knows. Everybody's game planning towards that defensive front. And it'll be like this the rest of the year because they know that's one of the strength or supposed to be the strength of the defense, especially coming into this year. That's fair. I can see that point. The Stadium Collection, located inside Gate A at Ford Field, is your one-stop shop for all your Detroit Lions merchandise needs. Open Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. until 6 p.m. The Stadium Collection has something for every Lions fan in your life to show their pride. Let's talk about this upcoming game against the Vikings at home. Uh, Lions have an opportunity to get back on track after the game in Green Bay. They've got a divisional opponent. This game is big. They can't, you know... 
expect to lose division games and you know finish the season well so these division games are very important what sticks out to you about what they'll need to do against the vikings to me i think right now i say this is one of the biggest games of the year because of one how the Vikings are playing right now. They're playing at a high level right now. They had they little blow up with Kirk Cousins and the wide receivers calling them out and all this. Then they go out and the wide receiver puts up career highs and Kirk Cousins throwing the ball all over the place. So they're feeling good about the direction that they're going in now after the little scruffle, blow up, whatever they had. So they're playing at a high level. That defense is starting to come around for Minnesota now. So, And I heard Coach Zimmer say in their locker room after their victory, we got to get ready to go up to Detroit and beat a tough Detroit team. But for a coach to bring that up right then, for him to mention that right then, it shows the importance that they're putting on this game. So to me, you got a divisional foe coming into your home after you've had a tough black and blue division loss against Green Bay where you felt that you could you felt like you got robbed in certain ways in that game. So we should have our fur up. The neck the hair on the back of our neck should be up cuz you should be a little upset about what you thought was taken away from you. So to me an important game for us to get back on track Tory and I think we're going to have to be physical with that team. I think this whole any divisional four, I think you're going to have to be physical and when I say that that's up front and that's on both sides of the ball. How do you make sure what happened on Monday Night Football doesn't carry over into the Vikings game with mentality and the way that you approach the game and all like that? Do you focus on kind of channeling that into Detroit versus everybody and, you know, you've got this new fire or do you just need to box it up and pretend like, all right, we've moved on? It's gone. That you, that's the perfect scenario. Think about it. A short week. There's, the day is already Wednesday. You didn't have time to sulk on it. If that would have been a Sunday game or early Sunday game, think about the days you'd have had to sit around and think about that. Now you've moved on. They talked about Minnesota today, so that's gone. You got to flush it because if you linger on that, Minnesota's going to come here and hit you in the mouth because Minnesota's, like I say, they riding their emotional high. So if you sit around and you think about what woe is me, what could have been, then Minnesota's going to come here and really give you something to think about next Sunday. 11 games left in the season. The Lions have two wins so far, two losses, a tie. If they want to finish the season with 10 wins, you got to win eight of those 11 that are left, which is a tough ask. Right. So what do you see from this team for the rest of the season? Do they still have a chance at finishing the season uh, with a winning record and a potential at making the playoffs? I think so. I, I really think so. Like I say, this game is going to tell me a lot that I need to know about how I think the team is going to go the rest of the year. But I do think, Tori, everything is still right in front of them. Now, the division may not be in front of them because of Green Bay having such a big command over everyone. 
but you got you still got the wild card position and that you have to play for. So it's a lot of things that you could position yourself for to make sure maybe I mean you could still and I don't know it just depends on how the 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 divisions shake out. But again, the wild card possibility is there. You have to start looking at that. You have to start seeing how you're going to have yourself positioned in that race now because I do think maybe I don't know, maybe Green Bay can come back to the pack, but 3 and 0 in the division, that's tough. All right, Lomas. Well, we will see what the Lions are able to do with the Vikings on yes. Sunday. Looking forward to being back at Ford Field. Definitely a big game coming up and we'll see you there. Okay, I'll be there.